0: Mike Mulligan. Go Cubbies. Just listen
1: to the guy sitting right next to you in the studio, Mully. David Haw. He's an Indiana boy. David, I expect more from you. I love listening, but come on, stop it. Thanks, Kevin. Make me laugh.
0: Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score, the home of the Chicago Cubs. I'm curious, Tom, how has this been for you? You know, famously, you met your wife at Wrigley. You were a fan before an owner. What, what has it been like going through the last couple of years and do you feel like you've kind of gotten through the tunnel a little bit
2: here kind of back on offense adding to adding pieces to the to the major league club that should you know put us back in contention for our division and um, hopefully we get off to a pretty solid start and you know try to stay at the top of our division all year if uh, things are going well in July look to look to add a player or two to keep us on top and I'm looking forward to getting back to the playoffs. That's, that's the goal.
0: Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 530 till 10 a.m.
2: Intelligence bending
0: on 670 the score. Thanks, Cubs. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Man, oh man, we're in mid January. Can you believe it? The Cubs had their convention, that's in the books. We're talking about, good God, playoff football. Man, was that a fun weekend, a playoff game. The Bulls are in Paris.
1: The Bulls are in Paris. Ooh la la, oui, Mr. Oui. David. Yes, they play Thursday, Mr. Ballet. <laughs> I think this was a fantastic sports weekend because we had locally the Cubs convention and the Cubs made it worth our while to pay attention. Mm. But in the backdrop of everything, what a playoff weekend. I know the the game, as far as the games go, the worst was saved for last last night, yes, but before that leading up to that, and even last night, there were some interesting elements, but this was fantastic theater one game after the yeah. other, they kept the scene just getting better and better and better
0: yeah it was uh it, it was good stuff, I mean there's no way around it um I think you look now moving forward they the game should be. Well, I don't know if they're going to be as good, but they should. We're, you know, we're getting to a point where the games are going to get real good, in one reporter's opinion. Um, you got Saturday, 3.30, the Jags are at the Chief. The Chief favored by eight in the hook, and they are much better than the Jags. Uh, the Giants are at the Eagles. Division game, hard to beat the same team over and over. That's yeah, Especially
1: uh, if Jalen Hurts is hurting.
0: Yeah, seven in the hook in that one. The uh, the Bengals at the Bills, we wanted to see that game. We're finally going to see it. We'll mm-hmm. see it in Buffalo. Uh, Bills favored by five. And then uh, at 530, you got uh, the Cowboys. Oh, that one's at 530, right? Then you got, yeah, no, 530 is the Cowboys at the Niners, and that is the Niners favored by four. That's an interesting It game. is an interesting
1: matchup in line already. All games right here on the score. Yep. Let me ask you a general question before we get into the details of of each of the games and maybe some of our favorites. Generally speaking, Molly, when you look at these matchups and when you look at what happened this weekend, do you believe in playoff momentum? Do you believe that a team that comes in hot or is playing at a high level, let's look at the Jaguars. My goodness sakes, they came back with a historic rally in the second half. Look at the Giants, what they did to the Vikings. That looked like a different team. Daniel Jones, a different quarterback. Do you believe in momentum from one week to the next? Um, Not necessarily in the playoffs.
0: I think the Jags won by the hair of their chin. They did. Chin, and they're and not they going to really, apologize at they, all. Yeah, but I think that, that uh, the mascot needs to go after <laughs> that game. I don't know how else to tell you. That's your takeaway. That's my takeaway. Mascot away. needs to go. The, Trevor Lawrence the, can stay. I mean, how in the name of God can uh, Brandon Staley – Staley is the mascot of the Bears – how can how can you not run the football after you take that big a lead? I'm sorry, that was super weird. That whole if 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 he hadn't cooperated in the way in which he did, I'm not sure the Jags win that game.
1: Why? Well, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I but weird. I think that if, if you're from the Jags' point of view, you've got a second-year quarterback, a first-year head coach. You are thrilled to win, no matter how you do it, no matter how it's gifted to you. No matter what the circumstances are, and you're right about Brandon Staley. That guy is lucky if he survives this. But I, I don't think he should, Frank. I don't either. But the Chargers don't fire coaches like that. They don't go but big like. Should have
0: fired him after whatever the final week of the season when he got the receiver hurt by playing everybody. That really impacted their chances too.
1: It did, and that that's a that's a good debate. I, I also I think more than that. It's more indicting what we saw against the Jaguars. Number one, in some of his decisions in game, which yeah. are always questionable to me. And secondly, the lack of discipline is evidenced by Joey Bosa embarrassing well, everybody.
0: I mean, shouldn't the head coach inter- intercede in that? Isn't his responsibility? The guy loses it, and you got to get him back. You can't let him
1: get lose it again. Well, and, his and responsibility had, is to make sure that, that every player knows that you can't behave like that in that circumstance. Right.
0: That's on the coach, a, too, is my it, point. It's as
1: much on the coach as it is on the Sit player. Set him
0: down for a play or two if he's that unhinged. Yeah, the, he was the, unhinged. The funniest thing is, he you know, so he is furious. He comes out, and he takes off his helmet, and he throws it into the ground, and it bounces, and there is Brandon Staley running after the helmet, oh, oh, here, retrieves the helmet. Here, Joey. Here, Joey. Here, Joey here's your here, helmet. Here, you drop this. Oh, Joey. And he takes it off That'd him, be too and mad, he Joey. throws it again. Yeah, and it cost him. It was him. just like, oh, it, my it God. It cost him
1: big time. That was crazy. It was a bad, costly penalty. Well, let me get penalty. you this. Oh, did you, did you drop? Here, hi, here you go again. Oh, no, you did it again. Where's the what? juice boxes? I mean, it was like a, it was dumb. a youth sports parent out there, helicopter parenting, and it was... <laughs> The head coach who'd <laughs> lost control of his team. He had lost and control of his it team. it was a bad look. So yeah. I just wonder about that because Doug Peterson did what he needed to do to win that game. That mm-hmm. was a head coach injecting himself like, into the equation, making a positive that, impact.
0: That, that I got to tell you, that, first of all, him saying we got to stay, his comments as he goes in for the half. Then you hear Tony Dungy say, well, I've been through this. What you got to do is get a stop and then score, score some point." Like he called it perfectly. And then then the, the route was off. The
1: route was off. And they took the foot off the gas. That was a big... Totally
0: took the foot off the gas. That
1: was a very big win for that franchise. And I just wonder if you go into next week. They don't have a chance against the Chiefs, but I just wonder no. about that. But actually, I was more curious about whether with the Cowboys in light of last night, everything yeah. going well except for the kicker, everything being according to to the right. plan, do they have more momentum, if you believe in that stuff, going to San Francisco, avenging last year's playoff right. elimination loss because Dak Prescott playing at a high level right now. Does that carry over? Is there a carryover effect?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's hard to say. I mean, I, we'll get into a little bit in the, in the five at five, but the Niners look awful good. What if they want? 11 in a row now, counting uh, this week? They look awful good. And, I mean, I, you know, we'll talk about it, but Brock Purdy, to me, David, was very ordinary. There were, there were sequences in that game where incomplete pass when a guy's wide open. Then you get a completion, although the guy has to turn behind him and catch the ball and pull it in. I, I, I mean, he is, he is a third-string quarterback. He's, I mean, he's playing with confidence. They, they are so good that, that everything they do ends up being pretty good. But all in all, you really need an upgrade at that position well, to I, win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. I
1: understand and I respect that opinion. I, I do think that you're right about some of the throws were not right in stride. That If you're holding him to the standard, of the typical 49er quarterback getting everybody the ball exactly where they need to get it and shades of the West Coast offense under the best of the quarterbacks. But I also think, Mully, don't, not not necessarily you, but it takes a tremendous amount of poise for a rookie quarterback no under these circumstances no to be able to manage that anxiety, perform under that those expectations, and still come out with a victory, and settle down to the point all, where he did the minimum. All you got to do is the minimum, he and did you're going win
0: by 15
1: points so or I whatever think it was. In that context, yeah. I, I think Brock Purdy isn't more asset than liability right now.
0: I, I, I think he... I just wonder, David, if you can win a Super Bowl with a quarterback like that. I just wonder. It, it, it's I, a, I, you know, I mean, honestly, if they get to the Super Bowl, then then he he becomes the new Rex. He has replaced Rex as the worst quarterback in a Super Bowl, whatever. Remember, people kept writing that and saying that. And it was well. The, offensive to it, his family. Did you
1: hear what Teddy Bruschi said last night on the Manning cast? <laughs> that um, he congratulated Peyton Manning after the AFC Championship game that year. Because he said, well, you know, they had Rex Grossman waiting. Yeah. The ultimate diss of good old Sexy Rexy. Yeah, that's a pretty good diss. But back to the NFC, if you look at the four teams left, certainly you understand why the 49ers need their quarterback to maybe do a little bit more than just manage the game moving forward. Dak, Daniel Jones, who is on a tear right now, and Jalen Hurts, who with healthy – is is the best quarterback who has been the most impactful in the NFC this year? That's a big. That's a big. If healthy,
0: it is. Yeah, you know. I mean, I think they're awful good and had a great year, but I think they're awful, awful mediocre without him at his best. And I think the Giants, the Giants win the line of scrimmage. That's why they can run the ball. That's why they played good defense. Well, I mean, but, I don't know how good he makes their a defense difference. was. The I drop think, off between him and I think and, the Vikings defense. And, Needs a new defense.
1: Yeah, I think so. They need to do a new lot of things, but I think with with the drop off between Hertz and Minshew, I think when they, if Hertz can't yeah. go 100 percent, right, Minshew mania is going to be a little bit oh, yeah. dampened this yeah. weekend. In terms of I mean, enthusiasm. by
0: far the best game is the Bengals at the Bills on Sunday, and it's a game that we almost saw in a game that was uh, was uh, suspended and then uh, and then erased. Obviously, with uh, uh, w- with the the horrible situation with um, with DeMar Hamlin, he will probably be be at that game, right? I mean, he he visited the facility. There is a good chance he may actually attend that game, and I think that is going to be unbelievable.
1: They're playing with so much emotion right now. Sometimes right. it spills over into right. a little bit of a tussle, right? But this Sometimes is a team too much. that is very tightly wound. Yeah. They're playing a, with that a kind of playoff intensity. And they have Josh Allen. Now, it wasn't their best effort against right. the Dolphins. He's got to play better. Josh he's got to be better. He's yeah. got to protect the football.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has protected the football. He's been great about that. But he had two picks and a fumble in that game.
1: I it's mean, a playoffs. It's a different standard. Yeah. I think he will rise to the occasion because right, he, he's Josh Allen. But th- th- you're right in that. That's going to be the – looks like the best game of the four only because, number one, America's waiting to see this matchup. I, I, and the, the, just the the thought of Josh Allen coming off a bad game and the Bills playing with that emotion, with possibly Hamlin in the stadium.
0: Other than the first game of the of the weekend, and again, maybe there'll be a great upset and I'll I'll be wowed by it. Other than that, I want to see all those games. I I just think the Jags are a sacrificial I, lamb now going into. Uh, Kansas City, I think that's a really big ass.
1: The most interesting thing about that game is the backstories with the coaches. That's right. You've got Doug Peterson. Yes. You've got Andy Reid. You've got back where somewhere in the meeting room is Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of friends coaching it, with Matt and Nagy, against each other.
0: Who, who would only be mentioned in Chicago is in the back room because no one else would care about – I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, but, and you're right to yeah, mention it. I'm it, just saying totally irrelevant Matt
1: Nagy well, will but, also but, be but, there. But when you see a team – That has Matt Nagy on the payroll and Doug Peterson is on the opposite payroll. You think of what? You think of double doink. You think of Bears Eagles at the end of the 2018 season. So there's a parallel there. You might
0: think of Santa Slay.
1: You might. You might. But not us. Matt Nagy, rumored to be on the list of potential Titan offensive coordinator candidates.
0: That'd be a good role for him.
1: Right? Get a chance to, you know, kind of reclimate his reputation. It, possibly, Matt Nagy calling plays for Derek Henry doesn't sound like Ooh. it would be a real good fit.
0: Yeah, can Henry throw?
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like Derek Henry with the rollout. Oh boy, yeah. I hadn't
0: I hadn't oh. thought it through that much. Uh, it's going to be really good, and all the games again are right here on the score, so you can listen to all of them, and and Westwood One does an unbelievable job. I had a couple of. Uh, uh moments during the weekend where i had to uh duck out on about uh i was running around and i was listening to it on the radio it's great i was
1: listening to it on the app yeah on the run on my yeah various uh, i was saying
0: i i tried to camp out in front of the television exactly but i got a little distracted by all the glory uh on saturday so it just put me into a different kind of mentality
1: Distracted by the glory, you're wanting me to ask about the shirt that you're wearing no, and everyone can see on the Twitch stream. I'm just stream. celebrating okay. at
0: the Manchester Derby. The Derby,
1: outcome. yes. I spent a good 10 minutes, and it was the right 15 yeah. or so you watched like the watch.
0: perfect time. Dustin, did you watch the Derby?
3: I went to CubsCon.
0: Oh. oh, yes. How was that for you? On the floor, good. reporting. But the, 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 uh, the Manchester Derby was at 6.30 a.m. But go ahead,
1: David. No, I I said that I I got the right 15 minutes because I texted you about and I was an oh informed text because I was enjoying it with you yep. indirectly in spirit. Because there was a controversial call, there was a offside that wasn't and then they reversed the, the reactions were fabulous. Yeah, it was really good. Just fabulous.
0: I got to tell you. I I know you didn't really have a problem with that offside call and and I I obviously was thrilled that we got that call. That the, that Man United got that call, but I mean, had that gone the other way, I my head might have actually gone like just exploded. You
1: wouldn't be resplendent in red. Oh, today. I would not be very no. happy
0: if that had happened. No. And if I were playing in a game and that call, I might have you know choked out the uh, the official. I mean, I <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how you make that call. I thought you, that was the wrong call. You would have gone. I'm full, all for it. You would have gone the the full right Joey
1: Bosa on us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would
0: have. I would have. I just, I would have to take my shoes off or something and just slap them together. Yeah. I, 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 you don't have a helmet, is what I was saying.
1: I was happy for you, though. That was a big Thank moment. You buddy. That was a big moment. Oh, and my then God. You have no idea. The football all day long on Saturday, oh. in and out of the house, around. I have to say that then awesome. I, I, I watched a little bit and just enough. We got back from dinner and um, the Hawks and the Kraken. Oh boy! God, six that goals like, and seven shots.
0: Uh, I thought that's to open the game. To start were, the game, they were trailing so fast. I just, I, I mean, I just was like, oh, are the Hawks starting? And I looked, and it was like four 0 I
1: turned it on How after is that, that. Possible. I had my son texted me and said, "You're not. You don't believe this. They scored six goals and seven shots against the Kraken. Yeah. Or they gave up. They, six gave, and, up. they, yeah, they gave up. Yeah. They surrendered. Yeah." And that's so that, and was, they, that, that was enough of that. They hockey. had been on a roll. They had been on a roll three in a row. Yeah, they, enough and of that stuff. Enough though. of that. Enough of that winning stuff. Know, we need to s- we need to send down our top prospect and they pick. give up six yeah. goals and seven shots.
0: Yeah, the tank is back. Yeah, thank and, you. And you know we have a Texer immediately saying Arsenal versus Man U is on deck. You don't think I know that? <laughs> you don't think I'm aware <laughs> of that? Come on, Texer. And uh, you new here. And I believe they play tomorrow. I think they play Crystal Palace Uh-oh. tomorrow in one of those. Whatever. Who cares. But I, yeah, I'm wearing my jersey. This is the current one, out of celebration of that glorious.
1: It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm, and I knew that you had watched. I it. I yeah, I was I was it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was trying. I, I you know got done what? with the. Uh, You're no, a it, good friend. It, it meant was... a lot to me, Dustin. On the other hand,
3: <laughs> I was in the shower. I had a commute, and I had to be here at Started eight a.m. Started at six thirty a.m. I was in the sh- I was in the shower at six thirty.
1: You were uh,
3: was out the, the door B- at seven. You, you were working hard.
0: You don't have talk sport.
3: <laughs> what?
0: What's no. talk sport? It's it, it it's on. Yeah. Um, you know they run XM? it. Is that XM uh, or something? Yeah,
1: the XM the soccer station.
3: Can I tell you, funny in
0: the funny hundreds. little sidelight to that.
1: Please. So I forget what time that was, but I think it was before nine yeah. o'clock. Correct? Oh yeah. 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 So it was before nine o'clock before we we're going on the air. And so I was flipping around. It was because I was pr- show prepping for inside the clubhouse, and I was flipping around. I didn't know what station it was on. Right. So I just said to my remote, I speak into my remote, and it tells what station to go on. And I said um, Manchester. Or I said Man U Man United, whatever. And it ga- gave me the the sh- the, the game. Yep. But it was the Spanish station. Oh yeah. So that's funny. I was funny. watching yeah. it.
0: You got to clarify.
1: I was watching it, uh, the, you know what? the Spanish call I, I of the
0: menu. I, I enjoy the Spanish call. It was It was it's actually good. Because yeah. they
1: got very excited, especially yeah. during that, and, that controversy there.
0: And you can see the game. I, I actually I watched a lot of soccer in my life on the Spanish channel, especially when hey. I was a younger person. And I watched, I think, the 78 World Cup. All in Spanish. I didn't learn a thing about Spanish, but it was awesome.
1: Subtitles. Yeah. It's really cool. subtitles.: Subtitles, Soccer with cool. subtitles. So yeah. that was my Saturday morning before inside the clubhouse. And what I'm, you, I'm sorry we didn't get a riveting on-the-floor report from the convention from Dustin. But you know what? Come
3: to think of it, he didn't even offer.
0: Yeah. No, he's uh... –
3: I'm not I'm only I'm only going to talk when I'm asked
0: oh well 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 when did we begin this policy I I understand you're only going to stop talking when you're interrupted if I know you well enough I know
1: we'll get to the details but you have to say was was it an overall pretty successful weekend for the Cubs at the convention
3: yeah I thought it was great I mean the vibe in the building and Uh the fans are just as, as crazy as ever and then during bingo on Saturday night. Trey I wasn't Mancini. there for bingo, but uh, other people I know were. And then the Trey Mancini yeah. signing happened, which I've been on board with since the opening of free agency. That's the, That was the guy I wanted the Cubs to get.
0: I believe to. there was a question on – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But we had a question on Friday, were the Cubs going to make a big introduction, Trey Mancini anyone? I, was, I did not think that would happen. It
1: was just sort of a – Throw in. What else could they do, right? right? that's they, they finished it off they Saturday it instead off? of Friday. They had enough people to introduce Friday night. My goodness, they had like 40 prospects, it seemed, that they introduced so many of them the on mock, hand. Uh, the
3: mock turtleneck with the blazer look was a big thing on Friday. It was. During the uh, red carpet. Yeah. Quite stylish. Yeah. Um, mock turtleneck with blazer.
0: Nice. You like? Do you have a mock turtleneck? I
3: can't pull off a mock turtleneck. I've never been a turtleneck guy. Huh. Why? I don't know. I just a little confining. Yeah, yeah. a little warm. I, I'm not, if I have to wear, if I have to button the top button and wear a tie, I will. Like I'm not anti it, but I, I, I like a little. Did you go tie this weekend room. at the convention? No.
1: Did I, you go jersey?
3: No. I actually wore my, uh, I wore my Cubs, uh, my Cubs zip up, uh, commemorating that uh, we were the radio home of the uh, World Series. Uh, you're wearing the Chicago colors. Uh, yeah. Good for
1: you. You should. Yeah, that's good. In that, in that venue, in that environment, that's a good call. I, I saw a lot of a lot of people wearing jerseys, wearing the jerseys. If you had to buy one jersey for the Cubs right now, this year, what would it be?
3: Oof.
0: I... It's Dansby Swanson. <laughs> it's got to be Dansby Swanson. He's going to be the Thank star you. moving forward. Yes, yeah, I, not, I guess it would
3: be. It would probably be Swanson. I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm more of a t-shirt guy. I don't like putting other guys' names on my. Then bad. you would
1: want the Dansby Swanson Swanson jersey for your birthday.
3: Jersey. The shirts. But I would, you know, I, I think that I think the fun look is the, the obvious shirt guys. You know what the most popular shirt sold by obvious shirts was on at the convention weekend? Mm-hmm. You ahead. know what it was? No. Okay, uh, Dunston to Sandberg to Grace because they announced on Friday that Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace were going to be the 2023 inductees into the, the Cubs, Cubs Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. I saw a photo. and it was there. also a big yeah. to do with Ryan Sandberg on. Saturday morning during the Ricketts family press conference, which was pretty cool. If you were following us on Twitter, I sent out a couple of photos of what went on. Yeah.
1: Excellent. I was working.
3: And I was texting with I you. Was That's so right. You were texting with me. You I, asked, you asked, so I texted you. I
1: did. I did. <laughs> Thank you. You definitely came through. I was curious about Sammy the, that. Sammy Sosa
3: was brought up quite a bit during Tom Ricketts' talk. And, uh, yeah. And the chance of bring him back, bring him back, bring him back were ringing out.
0: That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Why, why do you think? Um, why do you think
3: that's not
1: a thing? Why aren't they doing it? Yeah. I think that they're not
3: doing it. They're not doing it. Well, well, Tom, doing well it. Tom did say his quote was, "I don't think the final chapter has been written on this yet." Yeah, they're waiting for so Sammy. Not, I think he to hasn't, be, hasn't completely shut the door, but he, I think, he wants Sammy, Sammy to,
1: to. They're waiting for Sammy to be a little bit more uh, forthcoming with uh, his part of it. it. Yeah. Mea culpa.
0: Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. Yeah.
1: They've got to figure out a way. They've got to figure out some compromise position here, because that did kind of overshadow some of the other things. If only so
3: that Tom Ricketts doesn't have to
1: talk that's, about that's, it anymore. That's it at some point in time, you you don't have to build him a statue. You don't have to hang his jersey.
3: No, but just you Just bring him. Just bring him back but, one more time. But you can, yeah.
1: you know, give him. Sam, I mean, he doesn't need a statue. Doesn't need a jersey. But he could use a hug. Okay, I'm just saying. I know. No, find I mean, find a way to make it le- less distracting. That's it, all.
0: It's it's just odd to me that that uh, that the fan base is so against what the policy is from the team uh, on him. It's just it's just a little bit. Odd. Well, what's
3: interesting that you said that is that it's not by. So Tom is saying he's basing his opinions, at least what he's telling yes. us publicly, is is the Hall of Fame is kind of setting the reason why we're also not. Interested in being in contact with Sammy right now,
0: and that—that that I understand. But I mean, the, why is the Hall of Fame like that? So why are the fans so forgiving of it? That's well, I think it's because why
3: isn't why did the Cardinals bring back Big Mac? Mm-hmm. Why have the Giants reembraced so Barry because Bonds? Every, because it's nostalgia now.
1: Those guys faced up to it publicly more than Sammy more than has. Than he did. Right.
3: right. I mean, right. listen, it's a part of baseball that's never going away. Right. So yeah, well, never going.
0: All right. We've got so much to get to. we got a great weekend of sports. We're going to pick it apart with the pick six. We'll do that next. Mully and Hall on the score. It's pick six with Mully and Hall, where we debate the top six sports stories of the
3: day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Hall. Pick six with Mully and Haw starts now. What do you want to hear? New Bears president Kevin Warren at today's news conference say noon right here on the score. Do you expect him to use the word Super Bowl at any point?
0: Yeah, I kind of do, and I kind of do want to hear him say that. I wanna, I wanna. What I want from him is to show ambition, leadership—that he's the man in control. Uh, that's all I want. And maybe that's asking too much, but I think he can do that in his sleep. I think the guy's a good leader. I think he, he has to be up there with great presence, with kind of gravitas. And he has to say, yeah, our goal is to win a championship. We're going to do whatever we have to do to build this team to get a championship. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying it. Um, I remember when Ditka first came in here and talked about the Super Bowl. It's the first time I think I had heard a coach actually talk about the Super Bowl, and you were kind of like, what? You know, the Bears? Like, I mean, I remember being a little kid on, on, like, the playground in grammar school, and the Bears got Golden Richards. And Golden Richards was a Dallas Cowboy, and we had seen him on TV, and everybody was like, oh, my God, they got Golden Richards. Like, who the hell was Golden Richards? But it was a huge deal number eighty-three, when you were a little kid to see that kind of a signing because it meant – you're getting a little of that Super Bowl magic, and that's about as close as you're ever going to get to it but uh but they won a Super Bowl pretty extraordinary and um and I want to hear him say that I mean i maybe he should say multiple championships, but I just take the one right now
3: Well, I think that's really interesting, so Super Bowl versus championships like now all of a sudden, I think I've got like a homework assignment, like which word will be used? more at noon here on the score will it be super i I think he will use the word super bowl i think the fun thing would be if like bet rivers or somebody could set like a little line okay the the mully and haw special uh over under super bowl the the word word super bowl Bowl Bowl. said by and i would set it at one and a half Mm, now championships i think i could set it like Two and a half. Would over. title be equal to championship? Well, I think if it depends like if if, if the small print, right? How yeah. how specific over but does it have to be? Championships over? Yes. But what about Super Bowl? Over. Over? Yes. See, I think Super Bowl one time. And I think championships over you well, gotta if you say Super Bowl once, I- you gotta say it twice. Well, because I- there could be a difference, right? There could be questions about like the organization, yeah. and then there could be stuff specifically about Arlington Heights. And you would assume that if and when that stadium gets built, that that would bring a Super Bowl to the area. Now, right. as far as what I want to hear, we all know what I want him to say. Yeah, I- I'm here to handle the business. Ryan Poles is here to handle the football. That's what I want. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what what his role in football. We heard I played B- Pete Bersich in the pregame show. He said that when, he, from all he knew, when he was up in Minnesota, that he handled business and he let the GMs handle football.
1: I want to hear ambition. I want to hear dreams. I want to hear Super Bowl championships, titles. I want to hear what he wants. But I also want to hear who he is. Mm-hmm. All we know about him right now is that he made the Big Ten a boatload of money. That his dream job is to be NFL commissioner. <laughs> and that he thinks LeBron James is the best NBA player ever. Ooh, wow. That's that, all we know about the guy. That tweet, that's going to leave Okay, a mark. I want to know who he is. I know that's kind of in fun but I also want to know what he wants. And he's got to speak in a way that commands the respect that everyone has given him to this point. He has a presence. He has the gravitas. Let's see it. Let's hear it. And let's think big in Chicago. I don't care what, where the line is between the business offices and the football offices. He doesn't know where it is yet. Dustin. He doesn't know how involved he's gonna be in football matters. He can't possibly know that. He's never worked with Ryan Poles. He doesn't he doesn't understand yet where the limits are, how much to trust him, how much to not trust him. And he's coming in. Leadership is wanting to make an impact at every single level in every single office at Alice Hall. And I hope we hear that today. Yeah, it's a great question. And-
3: What was the biggest surprise and disappointment of the Super Wild Card Weekend? Any big takeaways from a Bears perspective?
1: I don't know about from a Bears perspective. I guess the the Lamar Jackson mystery and his inability to play and miss Mm. the last five weeks of the season might give you pause as you invest hope in Justin Fields and his future. That would be Mm. maybe a bit of a stretch. The biggest surprise and disappointment, the biggest surprise to me – was the history that was made by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That game, coming back from a 27 nothing deficit, I don't care who it was against, in the playoffs when you do that and make history, third biggest comeback ever, that's a surprise. The biggest disappointment might have been last night. We probably, conceivably, we don't know yet, saw the last of Tom Brady. He may come back. But let's face it, after throwing 61 passes at 46 years old. Wasn't it 66? It was, was crazy. It 66. How many was it, Dustin? It might have been over it's 60. Been, I mean, what, what the hell He looked was over that? 60. Okay? He did look so over So what team age. moving forward is going to want Tom Brady on their team next year? Maybe, maybe somebody will. Maybe somebody will convince themselves that somebody who turns, I think, 47 – 46? He'll be 46 46 46. in August.
3: And he threw 66 passes. Let's say this. Somebody
1: in their late 40s is going to put them over the top. I don't know about that. So that may be the biggest disappointment is that that we were expecting the best of Tom Brady because it is the postseason and we saw him at his worst.
0: Just putting that together, Dustin, he's he's, going to be 46 and he threw 66 466? Oh my God. I sold his soul.
3: All right. So I, the surprise has to be that the, 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 the miracle down in Jacksonville, that that was super surprising. I will say I was also surprised at how competitive the Seahawks and the Dolphins played on the weekend. I, I was surprised by that. I didn't think I didn't think, mm. I didn't think and, and maybe it's because it was um, divisional matchups team the third time playing each other maybe we didn't take that into account maybe we need to think about that as we look at the game one of the games this weekend right there'll be a a a three Pete in a in a take matchup that we've got the Eagles and the Giants from a Bears perspective the Vikings were 11 and 0 in one score games this season and now they're 11 and 1 in one score games this season the other thing there are eight teams left in the playoffs Right. Eight teams left. Seven of the eight coaches are offensive coaches. The Bears have a defensive coach. So is that something that is it just is it offense, 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 offense? David, I think you make a good point on Lamar Jackson, but that's like a huge thing to get into right this second. But I think we should get into it. So those were my two biggest like the fact that there are no teams in the NFC North surviving and advancing, I think that's big for the Bears. I, I, think, I think that loss is going to shake things up in Minnesota more than we would expect.
0: Yeah, you know, I've got to tell you, um, I, I, I did not look at it through the lens of the Bears because I think they're so far away from being one of those teams. And then I was trying to say, well, maybe it's the Jaguars. Maybe, you know, we saw they had the number one pick. They got in. I I I got to tell you I think that um I think that the Vikings losing underscores just how bad the division is and it makes me feel like the Bears are closer than they were somehow because the Vikings aren't some kind of uh juggernaut that is going to just constantly the, the, the Vikings are a huge disappointment come playoff time. And there's just no way around that and they didn't play a very good game. I, mean, I agree. You know, Hawkinson <laughs> played great, right? I, yeah. I I mean, he was really good. But how did they not get the ball to Jefferson? I, it didn't make any sense
1: I, to He me. played so well, they wanted to go to him on a four-yard pass on fourth and eight. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, but I, I, think that, um, I, I think that, you know, Tom Brady, at his age, throwing that many passes, does he want to play another year? because Tom is an extraordinary player and say what you want the volume of throwing that he does is beyond belief and you know if I'm a, if I'm a team and I feel like I'm Super Bowl ready and you'd have to be loaded by the way I would love to have Tom Brady come in and, and bring some Super Bowl magic and all that stuff but you need balance man you've got to have balance in any offense and I think that was underscored throughout the course of uh, of the weekend as well so that that would be my my main takeaways. The other thing is, man, the NFC North. Bad. Worse than the uh the AFC South, apparently. Hmm.
3: Oh boy. Good question. That's Coach Dave Wanstead. will be with the guys at 744. And I'm sure we'll ask Coach Wanstead this question as well. Does Jim Harbaugh announcing a return to Michigan mean anything after another flirtation with the NFL? Are these annual announcements more about Jim not getting the job? He wants or loving the one he's got.
0: Yeah, I, I know they try to portray it like he loves Michigan. He's the Michigan man. Then what the hell are you doing interviewing all over the place for two years? I think it's a, I think it's a bad look, and I don't know what he's doing. Why is he flirting around? Is he trying to get a better contract out of Michigan? Is that what this is? It doesn't make a world of sense to me, an ounce of sense. It, it's just weird that the guy is always looking for the, the greener grass. And he can't get what he wants, so he's happy where he is. That seems like, I mean, if I were a Michigan fan, I'd be up to here with it. I'd be really fed up of this happening on a yearly basis. I think it's awful.
3: Well, I found it interesting, at least the first part of the news, when I first saw this yesterday afternoon, I thought it was really interesting that it was the president of the school tweeting that he had heard from Jim Harbaugh and that he was letting the athletic director know that Jim Har- like <laughs> the president was letting the athletic director know that Jim Harbaugh was going to continue to be the coach at Michigan. I just found. So yes, like weird. it
1: is, is the modern president. He's going social media honestly. us. No, right. no, but well, I mean, but he's announcing
0: that it, to it, everyone, it, including the AD. Right. And it like, it is seemed, is there
3: something going on between the AD Harbaugh, and, Harbaugh. And, and the coach yeah. and And the AD, and that the president had to get involved. Well,
1: I think there's no doubt about
3: that. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, you can say there's no doubt, and you're probably right. I'm just saying I found that as I was living and breathing it, and, you know, the information coming through via Twitter, that's where I first saw it. I found that was my takeaway. I found that Interesting. interesting that it came from him. You know, I think Harbaugh tweeted something like, don't try to out happy, happy. If you're already happy, you know all these things. I, I'm with you, Mully. I, I'm sick of it. I've got, I've got Harbaugh fatigue. I'm not a Harbaugh guy. I'm not a Michigan guy. I didn't want Harbaugh coming near my Chicago Bears. And good, stay well, at Michigan.
1: I am a Harbaugh guy, and I do like Michigan because of Jim Harbaugh. And I always will respect him as a coach, and I loved him as a player. But enough's enough. How many times can you publicly flirt with going back to the NFL? You could handle this in a way that you assume control of the story more than he has been willing to do that you can get these send these messages earlier than than he has and you don't need to go to social media you can call David Tepper directly and say I'm not interested you can tell the Denver Broncos no thank you you can tell Jim Irsay thanks but no thanks I'm not coming back I'm not captain come back for your franchise any longer he didn't do that because whatever it is about Jim Harbaugh and he does have this this odd sort of quirky personality that everybody understands. You just can't quite put your finger on it. It's very difficult to describe, but impossible to miss when you're watching him, when you're listening to him. But he could stop this. He has more power than he's letting on, and he yeah. and he publicly wants to engage in these flirtations, which is just unfortunate because I don't feel so badly for the players because they now have autonomy. They have more control. But come on, Jim, let's get in front of this next season. And, and, you know, just we have a texter
0: saying, who's more annoying, Harbaugh or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I think it's pretty
1: funny. Needy. Could
3: exactly. you throw Tom Brady into that question, too, for a trifecta?
2: That's a pretty easy question to answer.
3: That's Tom Ricketts. What was the highlight of Cubs convention, whether you were consuming it mostly on marquee or the score or you were in attendance? Weak need staring into the eyes of Ryan Sandberg and other Cubs greats. What was the biggest news? <laughs> Who could that be?
1: I don't know. Who could that Who be? Who are you referencing there? Who was weak Need staring into the eyes of Ryan Sandberg? Oh, you're going to immortalize. You're going to be put, cast in Browns, Rhino. I love you. No, I, I'm just teasing Dustin.
3: 2023, it's the year of the Rhino.
1: <laughs> That's great. It's the year of the Rhino. I like that. That was big news. That was a nice surprise, and Rhino handled it well. Let's face it, though. If you're going to the 2023 convention and you're, you're concerned mostly in primarily with this year's team. The news we got Saturday night was the biggest news. Trey Mancini joining this team continues a very solid offseason for the Cubs. Maybe it completes it. Maybe they're not done yet adding a bullpen arm. There's rumors and reports about a couple lefties they're interested in still, and they can add one to the bullpen. I still think, though, you add Trey Mancini, you have Eric Hosmer. You now don't have as much pressure on Mash Mervis. So, in case he's mush Mervous in spring training, you don't have to bring him up. You don't have to rush his clock. You don't have to do anything because you have veterans at first base and designated hitter. And Mancini has some nice, interesting clauses in his contract, but I think that he's a guy that you can rely upon to give you some pop. Good guy in the clubhouse. Great story. Cancer survivor. Two of the cup free agents, by the way, they signed this offseason have been cancer survivors. Jameson Tyone. Uh, who was our guest on Saturday morning as well, is a great character guy. Right. I like this move. That was the biggest news to me. Trey Mancini joins the Cubs.
3: Well, it was just cool to be there and to see all those Cub fans, young and old, and see both daughters and sons with their parents and just excited to get an autograph and to take a picture. Those were the people that were more weak need than myself. Um, I did put my detective hat on a little bit because I was surprised. I was sitting pretty close during the uh, Ricketts family conference and to the right of me was Ryan Sandberg. And I thought, why, why is he here? You know, it's early in the morning. He was part of the festivities the night before, If I had a guess he maybe went out with Rick Sutcliffe um, Friday night. (laughs) And how did he get up? You know, why would, (laughs) right. How, how was he, how and why was he at, at this so early in the morning? we, We then, we then found out that that was why. And then during the, Jaguars' furious comeback mm-hmm. against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I got the text and the tweets about Trey Mancini, and then the video that was circulating during Cubs Bingo, and then Trey Mancini. You know that was pretty cool. Like that to me, that was kind of the highlight. Just like how Cub because Crowley was there playing Bingo, and like everybody's cell phones were getting alerts at the same time. So it was like ding, 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 ding all over the place, and then they made the announcement and everybody was going nuts. And so that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Well, I, I think
0: that you're absolutely right. The Mancini story is the biggest story because Trey Mancini is, first of all, a great story. Um, you know, a guy bat, who's, who came back from cancer and his backstory is incredible. And I think he's an inspirational player. And I also think there's a chance that he could bring some pop to the lineup, right? So, uh, you know, they need more pop in that lineup. I think it means that they're not bringing the young lad up. I think that uh, that they're going to leave him down and they're going to wait because between Hosmer and Mancini... Slow play got, it. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. and um, It's okay. And that's okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that because you, you don't miss what you never had. And, and um, you know, maybe he can be that guy, but who knows? So it makes sense to me that they they got some proven power, hopefully. I know he didn't play well with the Astros, but he did win a ring. So congratulations, Trey Mancini. Um, but th- that, you know, I was interested in kind of the vibe of, you know, it, it was reported that Tom got booed, and then I heard eh, he got kind of cheered and booed, and it was kind of a mixed reaction. It wasn't like. It wasn't like they booed him off the stage or anything. No. So I it think wasn't it's like it, that, It's no. very important yeah. to keep that in kind
1: I think, they're going back, and not to be self-serving, but I think the whole tone of the weekend, Tom Ricketts intentionally set last Friday morning when he established the playoffs That's right. as a priority, as the goal, because everybody heard from the chairman, and maybe that was already understood, but you heard Jed Hoyer on the station, you heard David Ross, you heard every player that was interviewed at the convention and on the station and on marquee. That is the goal for 2023.
3: Excellent question. The White Sox avoided arbitration with starting pitchers Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, as well as Lucas Giolito, avoiding the embarrassing acrimony that went through last year over 50,000. How big of a priority is it for Rick Hahn to lock up at least two of those three pitchers this season?
0: Well, the, the difference between how big a priority is it and how big a priority should it be might be in question. Um, the the Sox aren't known for they try to go to guys early they try to get them uh, locked up and they you know they made an offer to uh, a four year offer I believe to Giolito before they were going to buy out his free agent years and add on one more year and and he said no he wanted to get to uh, free agency so I would imagine he's going to get to free agency quite frankly um, as far as uh, Dylan Cease is concerned you would hope they understand how important he is to what they're doing. But it it's just it it's just hard to figure sometimes what the Sox are really up to and how down the road they're looking and when they're going to make a move one way or another. It's um I, I think that they should obviously be locking up their young pitching. Are they going to? How big a priority it is remains a question to me because I haven't heard any explanation of it and you know, saying you want to do it without making the kind of financial commitment needed to get it done is not making it a priority.
3: I think it's good that they avoided the arbitration. I think that's that's the good thing to pull from this. Um, I think it would be interesting if Michael Kopeck and the Sox did something kind of like Tim Anderson a few years back, where you know you're not quite sure what your future is, but you're. You want some security. The team wants you. I think he's the most likely, if something was going to get done now or during spring training, it would be Michael Kopech. But if nothing happens, I think that speaks to where they think he is right this second. I, I don't think Dylan Cease or Lucas Giolito, unless it's an unbelievable deal, are going to do that. during. I don't think the Sox are going to do that. And I don't think those guys are going to do that. And let's see, you know, th- those guys, all three of these guys have big years in front of them and that's going to determine their their futures.
1: That's interesting because if I were the Sox, I'd be cautious about Kopech. They still have two more years of control, but I would go to Cease and try to work a a deal. This guy is the most underpaid uh, athlete, maybe pitcher in Major League Baseball. $5.7 million this year for Dylan Cease. I would want to lock him up. I know that's not Jerry Reinsdorf's style. I know the Sox don't do that a lot with these mega contracts, and maybe you could save yourself some money By doing that, it's a calculated risk, but he's also 27 years old. Mm -hmm. Coming off that kind of a year, they do have two more years of control, but I think that would be my motivation. Of the three, he would be the one I would target, isolate, and execute. I would do that this spring training. Lucas Giolito, let's see where it goes. I like the idea of him cutting the weight, returning to what worked before, and he's going to be the consummate pro. If he can regain the ace – status on your team and you ha- you begin fast and you are headed in the right direction maybe you go to him during the season and, and change up how you do business but i think that in order it would be cease giolito and i'd be very cautious about copeck yeah, i'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that
3: that's brad biggs he'll be here at seven bigs time what was the key to the bulls victory over the golden state warriors and is it sustainable How will the Paris trip bring this team together, or is it too late for that?
1: I think that question is from a basketball romantic, (laughs) thinking that going to Paris will somehow bring this team closer. Come with
0: me to the (laughs) (laughs) castle.
1: I don't know if this is going to work. I just think I'm worried about jet lag because this is now the built in excuse when the Bulls return that they're not going to be in sync because of the hours, because of the jet lag. How long are they going to live off that excuse? Because you know what? Sunday was fun. They beat Steph and the Warriors. They beat the team I didn't think they were going to beat this weekend, but they're confounding still. They lose games you think they're going to win. They win games you think they're going to lose. I don't know if crossing the Atlantic is going to change all of that, but when they get back and they readjust their body clocks, let's hope everybody is in sync.
3: Well, I think the trip to Paris could be great for somebody like DeRozan. So they split games over the weekend. DeRozan hasn't played in the last handful of games. He is going to play Thursday, but hopefully he's going to get a break, and this whole team is going to get a break. Why did they win against Golden State? You know the guy scored forty-three points. That's that's why. That's it's plain and simple. That's why they won the game. I think the time of the game may have also helped them. It was a 2.30, 230 tip in Chicago, twelve thirty for the boys from San Francisco. So that might have been part of it too. Um, good call. I think that's something to Good, that, good maybe. for listen. I, I, I was stunned. I'm glad I was watching the NFL primarily because I I, I would not have, if I would have been investing in that game, uh, you know, my shekels would have been on the Warriors, definitely not on the Bulls after laying an egg Friday night.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I mean, I I think it's phenomenal to go on a European vacation um, with just one game interrupting it. So I think those guys need to get up this morning, maybe do a shoot around, maybe get a croissant. And some cup of coffee, kind of deal, and then make their way to Sacre, or some cathedral, say a prayer for their future, and uh, and just enjoy the unbelievable views of uh, the city of Paris, the city of lights, beautiful place. And um, I mean, hopefully, they um, they do come together. You know, they do bond, go out, have a nice meal, get to see. Some of the sites. I mean, there's nothing like the Eiffel Tower at night, all lit up. Beautiful.
1: I loved what Billy Donovan had to say about the flight, and he was asked in the kind of in the context, are you dreading the flight? It's a long flight. And he's like, No, I don't have to text anybody. I can turn off my phone. I can watch tape yeah. and I can prepare. You can do a ton of work <laughs> on a flight like that. And I'm sure they got, you know, a
0: basketball team, it's not like a football team. It's uh, it's a smaller group and you can really enjoy a little leg space. They were aware of the height of the players. I'm sure a guy like Billy is living large. It
1: look, look, looked like they brought the families along. Yeah, so it's a very to positive bonding experience. Go to hopefully. the Louvre. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Michael Jordan once did. All right. There you go. That uh, That is beautiful stuff. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We have the extra point next. It's Mullionhaw. It's Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 the score.
3: Set up this extra point.
0: It's time for the Extra Point with Malin Ha on 670 The Score.
3: Are the San Francisco 49ers too good for Brock Purdy to fail? What did you make of his performance? Can the Niners get to the Super Bowl with this quarterback?
1: Okay, I love this question because I will gladly take on the role of of the Brock Purdy guy here. I, I know that he has executed a lot of long handoffs. I know he wasn't perfect. Uh, on Saturday against the Seahawks. I know he struggled with accuracy at times, but I think he can steer this ship and keep everything going in the right direction and get to the Super Bowl. I think they can win the NFC Championship with Brock Purdy as a quarterback. They're that good. Kyle Shanahan is that smart. This defense is that solid. The weapons are that dangerous. That's all fine. He doesn't have to do much more than take the, fo- the, the football version of the Hippocratic Oath. First, do no harm. Do not get this team beat, Brock Purdy. And I think that I'm more impressed with his poise and command and polish. He's still going to be phased by the moment. It, it could seem bigger than he's capable of handling. Heck, he was, he was dazzled post game when he found out LeBron shouted him out on Twitter. That was awesome. That was fantastic. We should play that. We 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 should get that. Yeah. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah, did I, did, I did not. I did not.
2: Said uh, rock, rock that rock game.
1: LeBron said that. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah.
3: that's <laughs> <laughs> nah, awesome. That's so cool.
2: That's anyway, so cool. Anyway,
1: <laughs> that's so cool. In conclusion, <laughs> the Bills are the best story in the postseason because of uh, of Hamlin, because of what they've overcome. The Bills are the best story left. But individually, to me, Brock Purdy has the potential of being the biggest story in this postseason. Yes, I am Team Purdy.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, just we'll keep the bad dad joke going. He was pretty good. Uh, Three touchdown passes, ran for a fourth score in his playoff debut. That's pretty good, okay? So, yes, I believe he can get them to the Super Bowl. I don't know if he can win it. Here's the question. If, if the 49ers were down two scores, it is pretty good enough to get them back into the game. Now, I, I think it's different playing from a lead versus playing from behind. Now, they were behind slightly in the game to Seattle. But I'm talking you know in a bigger game, in a bigger moment, won't be at home. And if you're down two scores to somebody like the Bills or the Chiefs, just forecasting out a little bit here, um, can, can he do that? That will be what will remain to be seen.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Purdy scored four touchdowns, total touchdowns, and they put up 41 points, and those are both uh, rookie records, playoff records. Um, it, it's extraordinary. The most, uh, the first player with four touchdowns, and uh, and the Niners, the most points with a rookie at quarterback in, uh, in, in all time. And um, the list of 300 yards or more passers um, is very limited, plus four offensive touchdowns. The list is Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Kurt Warner, and Brock Purdy. Wow. So you're talking about <laughs> all the fame players and Brock Purdy. Um, he uh, became the second rookie to have at least 200 yards pass and two pass scores for a playoff win, and the other was Sammy Bow. Back in 1937 against the Chicago Bears, believe it or not, with the Washington uh, then Redskins, um, it, you know, he has the. Um, it's just an extraordinary streak that he is on, and you watch him play, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of inaccuracy. There's a lot of there's a lot of yards and points left on the field. If Jimmy G had that performance, they'd be killing him. Yeah. Um, but because he is a seventh round pick, and because it's such an unusual thing to do, everyone's celebrating him. I really wonder if he's good enough. I think you get know, the long handoffs. You know, the, I texted you right after the the Debo play, right? Where what was that? Like a ten yard? Yeah, I pass? know it was. And a, You're right. and the guy, boom, he's gone. Great and point. I, mean, I just as long as he plays within himself, and I think Shanahan's doing a really good job of that. But I don't know if they're going to be able
1: to dominate every team as they move forward. That
0: was not a great team they played. I
1: don't know if they will be able to dominate either. I want to ask you this, though. Do you think in some way – you mentioned it's a great comparison because if Jimmy Garoppolo had done statistically what Brock Purdy did or maybe was as shaky at times, they would be isolating those instances, the media and the fan base, whatever, and and saying he's not good enough. I wonder if the 49ers in some odd way benefit – from having Brock Purdy at the helm because these shaky moments aren't necessarily criticized as much as celebrated. They're like, this is a guy, at least he didn't throw the ball to the other team. Yes. And so they're not focusing and on the negatives. They're, they're they're accentuating the positives.
0: And if you're Debo or McCaffrey or Kittle, you probably know I've got to make a play every time you get the ball you're because you're not sure – I think they understand that they're at a deficit with the quarterback.
1: Maybe they're playing better as a result of that. I think that's a good point, too, because that offensive line knows we got to protect. We got to protect. He's not going to make something out of nothing. The receivers are all locked in every single series, every single snap. And McCaffrey does what he does so well. So I wonder indirectly if changing quarterbacks and going to this inexperienced guy has raised the level of everybody else in that huddle.
0: I I, I think. If the Cowboys play like they did last night, they beat the Niners. But I don't know how the Niners play. The Niners are so good on defense. The Niners have these star players that, as you say, the long handoff.
1: I mean, it's extraordinary how much they can make out of nothing. To oversimplify, I think that game right now looks like the Niners might have an easier time or more more players capable of blocking Micah Parsons than the Cowboys do Bosa. I, I, I think Nick wow. Bosa could change this game or that defensive line. Wow, he's,
0: be, he's been great.
1: The, the Cowboys started 40-year-old Jason Peters last night at left tackle. Yeah, I know. Now, their offensive line did enough, and they, they're coming off that game, and Dak was awesome. But I do wonder, as they step up in class def, against a good defense next, next weekend, how that's going to go.
0: That's going to be fun to watch.
1: Alright, 312 644
0: 67, 67 It's Mully and hall on the score.
1: Oh my God. You've got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like it. Why
2: What's are we kicking on? it?
1: Why are we kicking it? What is going? <laughs> he can't believe it. Talk about a buzzkill. No one's ever missed three field- three extra points in a row. You That's kind of a gotta guy a at halftime of a playoff game. That's gotta be a record.
0: Mully and hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Of that' Is from the Manning cast uh, regarding the, the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys who, hold on, didn't miss one, didn't miss two, didn't miss three. He missed four. Four extra points. Unbelievable! Why Brett, are you still kicking it is a good question. That is a
1: good question. Brett Maher is now in the record books for missing four extra points in a playoff game. Never been done before. Dak Prescott was outstanding during the game. He had a, a night to remember. Four touchdowns. He led the Cowboys in every conceivable way. But to me, the most impressive thing that you saw and heard from Dak Prescott, post game, embracing the idea of keeping the kicker, supporting the kicker, right. giving his teammate – a lifeline here because he said he stunk last week he came back i was shocked at that as much as anything molly because as as we heard from joe buck in game or no it was troy aikman that if you miss if you miss a point a, point oh after God. if you miss oh four God. of them they're gonna be looking for a kicker next week
0: i mean i gotta tell you um jerry came out and said he did too oh, they, oh no we're not looking for he's just gotta get the kicks i mean again there gotta be a lot of people really peeved with him because the over under was 40 what 48 it was 45 and a five half and, a half and the and and a half.
1: total was 45 and he missed four extra points yes a lot of people betting this game very unhappy oh my god more unhappy than the dallas cowboys might be with brett maher but i think when you look at the way that Jerry Jones supported him, the way that Dak Prescott supported him, even Mike McCarthy, I was surprised at that. Weren't you or not?
0: Oh, no, totally. Now, I don't know who's on the street and whether you should have like a secret uh, kickoff and take a look at guys, but you can't, you cannot, I mean, you get
1: to the Niners, you can't be missing extra points. This, This was so bad. I expected to see Maher on the Today Show by Friday. Oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, they won. He didn't double-doink he, they, they won. They won handily. They
1: won handily. Yes. And it was a night It that, wasn't even close. To celebrate because they had not done that in 30 years, yes. win a playoff game on the road. And Dak Prescott was fantastic. Everything he did, he did with command. And whether it was uh, the ball fake, bootleg, he hid the ball expertly. He was on. After the first two series of the game, when he looked kind of shaky, he settled down – and carved up the Buccaneers, and that was not even close.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Money
0: Mart's biggest fan. Uh, obviously, I've been shown the video of me, uh, and that's just emotion. That's just that's part of it. Um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I talked to him individually. Told him just told him after the game, hey, let that go. We're gonna need it. Um, I, I just played like a week ago, so I mean, that th- that happens. Uh, but when you believe in each other and you believe in uh, what we're capable of doing, and Knowing what that guy's done, uh, what resiliency he's shown throughout his career
2: personally, um, no doubt that he'll come back next week and be be perfect and uh, help us win.
0: That's Dak Prescott, and he was spotted on the sidelines, and I, you don't have
1: to read lips to understand <laughs> no, what right. he was
0: saying. Go
1: for blinking two! That, that, that's why what he said post-game was so I, it was extraordinary. Amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. In game, these players were very unhappy as you would expect. A playoff game, stakes very high, and you can't get a guy to kick an extra point to save his life. That was that was the only thing they didn't do last night. They dominated yeah, they every dominated other facet. Every right. other game.
0: All right. Um we got a special caller. We've got um we've got Crowley on the line. He was at the Cubs convention apparently 24 7. I don't think he missed a panel. And uh, he's going to give us a little bit of a wrap-up. He and uh, Dustin do the Fly the W uh, podcast together. Crowley, how are you?
2: I'm starting to get my voice back. Uh, I'm starting to get my sleep patterns back. But what an amazing, fun weekend for Cub fans.
0: Now, you you were there 24-7, right? You were playing bingo and everything.
2: Yeah, I started. uh, I was at the hotel by at least 9 a.m. on Friday. uh, And then I left about... 2 p.m. on Sunday. So, yep, everything as far as all the panels, autograph lines, bingo, we did it all. Even Harry karaoke.
1: So, that, is that where you strained your voice, Crowley Because I know you guys did a podcast from the convention, but I don't recall. Did, did you just do a lot of talking during the panels, or, or did you strain your voice trying to? Well, you, did you strain your voice booing? Yeah, or maybe you're booing Tom Ricketts. <laughs>
2: No, I, you know what, I heard that a little bit. There was some booze, of course. I mean, everyone's got to remember, this is the first time the convention's been back uh, in a couple years. This is the first convention for a long time without Rizzo, without Baez, without Bryant, without Wilson Contreras added to that list. So, I mean, there's a couple salty people. I'd say in general the vibe was great because, you know, we were just happy to be back, and, and, and that was the main thing is that, you know, Like a big family reunion. We're back. You know, we've gone through that whole pandemic where there was no, you couldn't go to games and then partial games, no spring training and then spring training. This is kind of the final piece to kind of get a little bit of normalcy back in our lives. Hmm. What was your favorite moment? You know, the Sandberg moment that Dustin alluded to earlier was great, but for me, you know, I I thought it was awesome to see Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace announced as the 2023. Hall of Fame recipients, um, those were guys, obviously, we grew up with in the 90s, um, at late 80s uh, into the 90s, and so to see that happen, and both of those men very uh, emotional at getting that announcement and the love that they got uh, from the fans, I thought that was tremendous uh, to me. Um, you know, Rhino, he was the player I grew up loving, so seeing that announcement, this is the first time that they've kind of done those announcements here. And then for uh, Pat Hughes, the voice of the Cubs, 670 to score, calling the games, um, Tom Ricketts introduced him at the very beginning of the convention. And, uh, again, the love that he got from the fans was just tremendous.
0: Great stuff, Crowley. Thank you. Thanks, we Crowley. appreciate your time. And, uh, and we're going to get to our guy, Brad Biggs, Biggs time coming up next. Mullion Hall on the score.